0: Hello, amazing Froot Loops, and welcome back to The Queerios, the podcast where we strive to educate everyone about LGBTQ plus issues and things in the community. And that goes for everyone. Emphasis on the everyone. Yeah. Queer people. Thank you. So last episode was a little shorter than the rest, and that is okay. We had a little bit of issues in the real world, but we did it anyway because... It's important that people have information and on a good weekly schedule. So we bustle through and it'll be great. So it may not be like on par to the rest of our episodes, but still you should listen to it because it has really important information in it. Yeah. So, yeah, so just don't judge. Everyone has problems and they get through them. So today we're going to be talking about medical transition and dysphoria, along with euphoria, because that's also important. So, as a trans person, it can be very hard to get hormones and surgery, and a lot of trans people need like hormones and surgery to feel like their authentic self, and uh, some, pe- some trans people don't, and that's totally okay. But hormones and surgery and just gender reassignment, medical transition stuff, uh, requires therapy because you need a note from a doctor. It's also expensive, which is not good, especially because a lot of people want these when they're younger. Because, like, as soon as they can, you can get hormones in most states in the U.S., I think, at 16, and you can get surgeries at 18, That is great because you can get them at a younger age. You don't have to wait till you're like in your middle of your life. But it's also good that you can't get them too young because they're very hard to reverse. Um, So it can be hard for people to be able to get these like by their age, but not have enough money. And... I understand why it can be expensive but the fact that you also have to have therapy makes the expenses a lot harder and also some families are not accepting and they won't help pay for the medical transition which makes it even harder on you. So you don't
1: need to just to have dysphoria to be trans let alone like be diagnosed with dysphoria to be trans um it can be you know figuring out that you're trans can be difficult enough and you know people face a lot of transphobia and like have to deal with TERFs and trans um that tell them that they're wrong and that they're not trans because they don't feel dysphoria um but some people just feel gender euphoria with identify- identifying with another gender instead of gender dysphoria um with the gender that they were assigned to- at
0: birth or sometimes people feel both um yeah you can feel both you can have times when you're dysphoric about certain things And you can also be euphoric about certain things. So, like, for me, I'm very dysphoric about my chest and my voice, but sometimes I can still feel very euphoric if I'm wearing maybe clothes that make me feel really happy, or maybe I managed to get my voice deeper one day and it gives me a lot of euphoria. And you can also feel them simultaneously about different things. Um, Yeah, exactly. And gender dysphoria, um, it can be
1: shortened to just dysphoria in general, but... Gender dysphoria is a term that describes like an unease or discomfort that a person feels in their body or gender identity um, that they were assigned at birth and in their biological sex. Um, And it can lead to depression and anxiety and can have a really harmful impact on daily life. Um, And gender euphoria, which can be shortened to just euphoria is um a psychological condition which consists of comfort or joy when thinking about one's true gender identity um, or or identifying with one one's true gender identity. So
0: yeah. <laughs> and a reason why like medical transition can be important is because for some trans people, it can cause a lot of euphoria. So if you're having a lot of dysphoria about things in your body, then um, surgeries and hormones can help, like, eliminate that dysphoria and essentially create euphoria. And also, you can have euphoria without having um, transition, like, without having medical transition. And some people never have medical transition, and that's totally okay. You're still trans, and it's, like, fair. Surgery doesn't always fix dysphoria, and dysphoria can't always be fixed, and that's perfectly okay. Um, if you are comfortable having surgery and it gives you euphoria, then that's valid. And people need to accept that that change to your body when you know you need that, then they need to understand that you are sure of yourself. And another thing is I would recommend making sure you are sure of yourself before you undergo these surgeries and stuff. Just because they're very hard to be reversed. And... The rate of detransitioners is very low And it's often because people have a lot of time to think it over And most people are sure in themselves And it's just important to be that way Um, But also, on the other side of that Is... If don't have people tell you that you need to like be a certain age, like oh you need to be thirty before you can get this because you won't be fully sure of yourself that you actually are trans until you're thirty years old, like don't listen to them, and you know when you're ready, and that's up to you, it's not up to anybody else. so if you're ready at eighteen to get surgery, just make sure you're ready, and you can go about it um. And also, transitioning is hard. Like, in society, if people have known you one way all your life and you transition, especially, like, you can become unrecognizable almost if you, like, have lived your life as, a like, a woman and all of a sudden you have a deeper voice and you have hair all over the place and you might be taller or you have, like, a flat chest and all that. It can be hard, like, for you and, like, mainly for you, but, it, um... Other people might not recognize you, and that can also just be hard. And people might not, like, validate you. And that it is terrible. And it can also cause accidental coming out. Like, if people are like, oh, are you, like, Samantha? And you're like, no. Because, one, dead names can hold a lot of trauma. So if someone calls you by your dead name, that can be really painful. It can be hard to transition, um, especially around people that have known you all your life. There's also insecurities about passing and feeling dysphoric in public, so a lot of people, like, are it's important for them to be seen as a certain gender, and if they're not seen that way, it can cause a lot of dysphoria. Like for me personally, if people see me as anything female, I get a lot of dysphoria because I do not want to be associated with femininity, and for other people, it can be the, the opposite. And some people, like some non-binary people, like being
1: perceived as a gender that isn't non-binary um in public some um like non-binary or like really any other gendered people um just like being perceived as a different gender because it's more comfortable than the gender that was assigned to them at birth. but it's not like the most comfortable so it really it varies from person to person and that might be uh, thing that you experience
0: there's also different things that can give you different levels of dysphoria and euphoria like for me personally my ideal like my ideal presence would be people seeing me as not a girl and not a guy. That is what I that would give me the most euphoria. And if people see me as someone masculine, that can also give me euphoria, just not as much. But it also kind of gives me a sense of dysphoria because it's not exactly what I'm looking for. So things can be both euphoric and dysphoric at the same time, and things can have different levels of euphoria and dysphoria.
1: Something that's also really present, um, I think especially in afab people is um the presence of like the male gaze where they feel like they have to appeal to men um, with their gender identity or not with their gender identity, where they feel like they have to appeal to men with how they express themselves, um which can be really hard for people who don't feel like a woman. Um, I personally, I'm afab. Um, and I identify as non-binary, but I struggle a lot with how I present because, um, I struggle with the male gaze a lot and, you know, I want to appeal to men, but I also don't want to look very feminine. So it can be really hard for a lot of people. And so somebody may not look how they ideally would want to, um, which can really suck And it's a really hard journey to go through. Um, It's hard to kind of unlearn the male gaze and, like, feel detached from it.
0: Yeah. It can also be hard on the other side for, like, trans women and trans feminine people. Um, Just because there's... Once you transition from being, like, having the privilege of a man and to not, like, being unfortunately unprivileged as being perceived as a woman and you don't have like people aren't going to look at you the same way it can be hard to like figure out um I've talked to some trans women who have like struggled with that and have been like yeah people see me as a woman now and it's not great like I feel better but it's not great because of just the misogyny and that can also be a struggle with just transitioning in general
1: yeah, basically, um, the male gaze is terrible for everybody. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's terrible for everybody. Um, we're not going to go super into detail about the specific surgeries and stuff that you can get as a trans person. Um, but just some basic terms: there's, in terms of hormones, there's estrogen and testosterone. Testosterone is what, like, AFAB people will take to, um, like, have the male hormone. So it's essentially like the male hormone. Uh, females have it too, but it's just a lot less, and estrogen is the opposite. Uh, it's the female hormone, and males have it too, but it's just a lot less. So people, when they have hormone replacement therapy, they have they get more of that hormone, and less of the other hormone that they don't want. And there's also top and bottom surgery, which I feel like are very self-explanatory, uh, Both. Uh, AFAB and AMAB people can have those. They just do different things. And there's also like more specific surgeries to deal with, like getting rid of an Adam's apple, or there's a lot of other things that people can get surgeries for to like feel more euphoric. And I don't even know all of them, but uh, you, those are there's a lot of those. And if you are looking up like surgeries, just look into oh like I don't like this part of me. What would fix that necessarily? like, oh, I hate, like, how high my voice is, what would I need to fix that? And I'm like, oh, it's testosterone. Yeah, and there are a lot
1: of, like, especially if you're just work about your voice, there's a lot of training that you can do, and, you know, there's yeah. facial femis- feminization surgery, facial masculinization yep. surgery, and, you know, just in general, there's a lot of modifications you can make to your body, so if you feel super uncomfortable in something, just know that if you want to change it with surgery, there's almost probably there's probably an opportunity to do it. So yeah.
0: just yeah. look into it. Like do your research. It's very important that you do research. Absolutely. Um, moving on to our news section. So Tori Cooper is officially the first black trans woman on the presidential HIV council. 20-ish years mm-hmm. ago, Tori used her voice to advocate for a program called Sister to Sister, which helped with risk reduction of HIV in trans women. Cooper, who is now the Director of Community Engagement for the Human Rights Campaign's Transgender Justice Initiative, has been recently chosen to be the Presidential Advisory Council on HIV-AIDS, which was created in 1995 to provide the federal government with advice and and policy recommendations regarding to the prevention, treatment, and cure of HIV and AIDS. She is aiming to be a voice to all trans people to help with this issue, and she is trying to make sure that all physicians will treat trans people with competent care as some do not, unfortunately. She's also advocating for the medical needs of health and transgender people because, quote, trans folks have the same needs. I think that quote is very important because trans folks have the same needs. Um, they deserve to be treated just as non-trans people do, just as cis people do. Um, And I think that Tori is really cool. And it's really awesome that she has been elected in this position of power because we need more trans people in positions of power. And also trans women of color especially have been the most discriminated against. And I think that that needs to change a lot. Um, There's just a lot of hate around trans women and especially trans women of color and it's not good at all so it's really cool that she is in a place of power and is being respected and is making choices
1: yeah and you know trans women in general go through a shit ton um because yeah. you know there's that part that's like transphobia and then on top of that there's misogyny um and um, yeah, there's misogyny
0: on both sides of, like, because a lot of, um, like, a lot of AMAB people as boys, they have a lot of pressure put on them to be, like, manly and be masculine. And yeah. there's a lot of, like, it's easier for, in my opinion, it's easier for an AFAB person to, like, transition to the other gender than an AMAB person because there's just so much more like, pressure put on a Man people to be, like, a true boy. Like, it's just a lot of misogyny. And then when they transition over and they are now seen as a woman, then there's also misogyny because now they're a woman. So that they, it's hard for trans women to win in and, any
1: scenario. And then there's also, like, straight men being violent towards trans women because they feel like they were, quote-unquote, like, tricked by them. Because yeah. they're trans, um, which is disgusting. And it's something that trans women face Parable. a lot. So,
0: And it's even it's worse really... if, like, it's even worse if, like, your your doctor is being transphobic because they're like, oh, you're a trans woman. Like, oh, that's that's gross. I, I can't do, like, medical stuff on you.
1: Oh, yeah. And there's also just, and, like, trans women of color kind of built up the LGBTQ community. So appreciate them you know and yeah. just they don't get a lot of appreciation i feel like personally <laughs>
0: yeah it's there have been a lot of like just there's been a lot of violence against against trans women especially trans trans women of color just because of all the misogyny on both sides and it's being trans is like um how do i say this like being trans is already a minority that's hated on being like being a person of color is already a minority that's being hated on and being a woman is also a minority that's being hated on so if you are on like in all three of those minorities and you like just there are just hateful people out there who have everything to hate on and that's why there's so much violence and it's really messed up. And there's it's really, really awesome that people are trying to change this. Yeah. And there's, it's just, there's no, like no winning with it. It's there's no really, winning.
1: really, hard.
0: It's really screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were kind of just going to talk about our experiences of dysphoria and transitioning, um, because we both have a lot of those and we thought it'd be important <laughs> to share like our own thoughts and feelings. So, uh, so I have personally I have a lot of voice dysphoria. I also have a lot of chest dysphoria. Um and as a non binary person I and I don't I want people to see me as androgynous and I wanna feel androgynous. So for me that doesn't mean necessarily like I wanna go on testosterone but I don't wanna become like fully masculine. Like there are a lot of trans guys who go on testosterone and they are undeniably male. Whereas I want to be kind of in the middle. I want to have a lower voice and like a less feminine body shape, but I don't want to have all the other things that come with it. And that's possible. You, I've looked into like low doses of testosterone and I haven't been able to talk to a doctor yet because um, like financial reasons and you have to be a certain age and you also have to like have therapy and all that stuff. And we just haven't gotten into that yet. But I if you are also looking into this and you want, and you kind of know what you want, you want to talk to them and be like, oh yeah, I want, like, I don't want all the masculine features, I just want a little bit of it. Then they can, like, help you figure out what you actually want to get. So, like, if I didn't know any better, I might go in and take testosterone and become very masculine, and that would be, that would be very dysphoric for me. Um, I personally don't have like bottom dysphoria a lot of people do and that's totally cool um and i also just want to look androgynous so like with my clothing and my hair i want all those to make me look not like a girl and not like a guy just somewhere in between but more on the masculine side i also uh i have discussed like getting medical transfers from my parents and for the most part they're both okay with it which is pretty awesome um my mom said that she wouldn't um she wouldn't like help me financially get it like get surgery until after i'm like 25 which i don't love i do like that she is willing to help me and i do like that she's trying to look out for me because um i think She thinks she's in my best interest And thinking, yeah, you want to think about this for a while And I kind of agree with her I I do want to think about it for a while But also, if I feel ready, I feel ready And if I don't think I can wait until I'm that age Then I'm going to do it without her, like, help Um, And she's iffy on the hormones Which is perfectly valid And I am trying to be a little more empathetic and understand, like she's a mother trying to look out for her kid. Um, having your child, even as even if they're an adult, having them go through such huge changes. Like even if I had to get like knee surgery, like obviously she wouldn't be like, oh, you gotta wait till you're 25 <laughs> to get knee surgery, but she'd still be worried. Um, I it's I understand why she's looking out for me, um, but I also think that it's my decision and it's all of your decisions. And if you need that financial help, then it's important to wait. And, um, it just, you have to prioritize like what's better. Like, is it better to possibly be in debt and get it now? Or is it better to wait? It's all about you. I don't know your life. You do. And it's about that. Um, so, uh, I'm trying to be empathetic about that. Um, but I'm also trying to take in my, um, my feelings and my thoughts and if i turn 18 and i have enough money and i'm like i really need this now i don't think i can wait that long then i'm going to get it when i feel ready whether it's 18 20 or even 30 years old i'm going to do it when i'm ready and i think everyone is entitled to be able to transition when they're ready um yeah and Just the
1: whole thing around transitioning is really hard because there is a range of people who think that, you know, like your mom, that you should wait until you're 18. And then when you're actually in the position, it's like, holy shit, this is really uncomfortable for me. I want to transition as soon as possible, Um, which sucks. And I'm pretty sure um, this is an extra little thing. I'm pretty sure that there are some programs with Starbucks and like their health insurance that helps trans people medically transition. Um if you work there. So Oh yeah, there with are programs. Well.
0: There are programs that can help you get funded to medically transition. I will link some in the description.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Starbucks has like an insurance program for its employees that helps pay for medical transitioning. Um I'm not 100% sure of that, but I'm like 99% sure. So <laughs> do with that as you will (laughs) um my personal experience with like dysphoria and stuff um i my gender (laughs) is very complicated um i personally like i said i struggle a lot with the male gaze um which is not (laughs) fun for me um i typically have like a feminine appearance I have, like, medium length hair um, and a more feminine body and face, which, you know, is kind of difficult for me because I want to find a balance between looking feminine and also looking masculine. And, like, I just want to find that androgynous balance. Um, but it's really, really hard with the male gaze. Um At some point, I had really, really long hair, and then I cut it all off one night um, in, like, a really dysphoric frenzy. Uh, And then just, like, going to—I go to a small—smaller private school with a lot of conservatives. Going to a place like that and, like, dressing more masculine, wearing a binder, having shorter hair, and not really knowing how to present masculine was really hard for me, I guess. And, like— I went through a really awkward phase of, like, wanting to present masculine, but not knowing how to, like, have masculine hair, not knowing how to look masculine, whatever, whatever, and just feeling uncomfortable in my body, which is really, really hard, you know? Um, And, you know, when I was in that position, I wish I had known more trans people because I would have wanted advice because it was hard.
0: Yeah, one thing that helped me a lot to kind of figure out what I want to do with my body to make me more comfortable is just look up trans people. Like the sorry, just not like look up the just trans people, just like do research on publicly trans people because a lot of them will share their stories about transitioning. Like I am like I follow so many trans content creators um and whether they're trans guys or trans girls or they're non-binary or agender they've all done different things with their transition and it's all kind of helped me like realize oh maybe i want this maybe i don't want this when i was struggling to figure out if i should get testosterone or not because i don't want to become like man i just want to become more guy um (laughs) i found a creator who is agender and has taken testosterone, and they're very androgynous. And that kind of, that made me feel very validated. And that made me realize, oh, you can do this. You can have this without being like all of what I don't want. So it's important to just like research other people. And if you know trans people who are starting testosterone or just starting hormones or like have surgery, Like ask them too Like I have I know someone who's trans Who started testosterone In a way that I would also like to start testosterone And um, It's been helpful for me to like Kind of hear about their journey And hear about how they've experienced it And how it's working for them Um, Because it kind of just gives me more insight On what to expect So uh, just do research on transitioning, and do research on the different like surgeries and stuff you can get because, um, it's it's important to know and just like have other people's experiences like in your belt of knowledge. Um, yeah, and my personal
1: like biggest advice is if you're, are I guess a pretty big per- thing of advice. If you um, are trans and, like, AFAB and you want to look less feminine, but you have long hair and you struggle with the male gaze, layers are really, really good because you can, like, tie back the long part of your hair and, like, put it up in a hat. But then if you're feeling, like, ooh, I want to look super feminine because I want to appeal to men or, like, whatever, whatever, and you're struggling with it a lot, you know, you can lay your hair down and look a little bit more femme.
0: So. Yeah. And thank you, Kate, because we're actually about to talk about that next. So like we talked about earlier, transitioning medically is very expensive and can be very hard. And you usually need to wait till you're like, well, you always need to wait till you're at least 16 to do anything. Um, and with that, you also need the financial abilities. So some cheaper and easier options that you can do a lot younger in life, uh, we're going to just talk about those because they're super useful. We have a lot. So buckle your seatbelts, kids. Okay. Um, so some ways to look more masculine we'll start off with.
1: Yeah. So makeup in general with looking different can be, you know, your best friend. Um, just make sure that you get a good makeup brand. Um, don't feel like you have to cut your hair short to look mass. Um Makeup and mannerisms can help a lot. And um, here some advice. Here are some like things contouring between your eyebrows and your nose bridge um like the front of your eyebrows and like the beginning of your nose bridge right like between your eyes basically um is really really good that will make you seem more masculine along with like just bigger eyebrows if you have heavy chin and like jawline contour that's amazing as well especially if you give yourself a bit of a butt chin that like surprise like i was surprised but helps a lot to look more masculine using some light contour like eyeshadow on your eyes to make your eyes look like they have eye bags is also really good contouring the upper corners of your forehead helps or like creating a bit of a widow's peak is really good um spreading your legs more when you're sitting down so that you kind of are man spreading and like taking up more space makes you have like more of a masculine aura aura along with punching over a bit, I think makes you seem more masculine.
0: Yeah. Makeup tutorials with Kate. We're also gonna in the description there'll be a link to an image that kind of just like shows everything that they're saying. Cause it can be hard to like follow along with what they're saying. So you can listen to them and you can also look at the picture and you can look beautiful. Um <laughs> So some more things you can do are, there are ways to like style your hair using hats. Um, like you can tuck it into a hat, you can like make it look all fancy and cool. And on the topic of hats, um, <coughs> wearing hats where like the brim is hovering more over your face than like over your head can give you more of a masculine look. Whereas wearing them so that they're like more in the back of your head can give you more of a feminine look. Um, and that usually applies to, like, large brimmed hats, like sun hats and such, or, like, the hi- those, like, hiking hats. Um, tucking in your shirt and also belts can be, like, very masculine, especially if you, like, if you tuck it in and, like, pull a little bit of the shirt out so it's hanging out. I, in my opinion, that looks very like masculine, and especially if you have like a belt under that. Also, cargo shorts uh, have like a very quote-unquote manly look, um, and they're also baggy. So if you're like going for a look that doesn't outline your thighs and legs, then that is can be very useful. And, like, baggy clothes in general can just help reduce, like, your features being outlined, especially if you don't want them to, because, like, genetically, if you're, like, a female trying to look more masculine, then you'll um, you'll probably have, like, thicker hips and thicker thighs, because that's just what estrogen does, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending upon what you want. Um, so, baggy clothes can help reduce that. It can also, like, baggy shirts and hoodies can help like reduce showing your breasts. And also not shaving or waxing hair, especially in your face, because females also have facial hair, it just grows a lot slower. So if you never shave that and you want facial hair, then yeah, you'll eventually have a little bit. And also like not shaving your arms or legs can also just look more masculine, because hair is considered a more masculine thing. Also, um, binding, which we talked about, in our pronouns episode so listen to that for tips on safe binding um that can be that can make you look more masculine along with packing which is just essentially to make you look like you have more of a bulge like how like how male people do um so those can also be very useful to give you euphoria and also just have other people perceive you as masculine and some ways to look more feminine. Um, on the opposite side, uh, tighter clothes can outline your features more. So even if you don't have as feminine features than females do, uh, still tight clothing can also can send that illusion sometimes. And also shaving and waxing your hair is useful for that. Having some like
1: eye makeup with like pinks and like glitter in it is generally considered pretty feminine um with like something that i love um is putting what is it like putting um glitter on like the inside of your eyes like right where like right where the two eyelids meet near your nose i think that is pretty feminine and it's very cute um having thinner eyebrows is considered more feminine um along with having like smaller like Contouring your nose for it to look smaller, um, heavier eyelashes, and like a lot of soft makeup with a lot of blush and highlighter is also considered super
0: femme. Also, some things I've noticed: I'm not a makeup expert, but uh, having like thicker lips or lo- like just larger lips generally looks more feminine, and having smaller lips generally looks more masculine. I don't know what you can do to make the illusion that your lips are smaller. But I would assume, uh, Kate, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that to make your lips look bigger, enhancing them with color, such as lipstick, would help. Um, So just make them pop more, and that can be more feminine.
1: uh, Also, you can overline your lips, um, which you can look up a tutorial on like TikTok or anything. But yeah, you can overline your lips to make them look a lot more feminine, uh, which can be pretty easy or hard, depending on the types of lips that you have. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, also, finding out your body shape, you can uh, just examine yourself in a mirror, I guess, and also look up different body shapes. And if you find feminine clothing that fits your body shape well, that and it can kind of just help outline your body shape, which is great. That also goes for masculine, like people who are trying to present more masculine, finding out your body shape... And finding clothes that, like, fit your body shape in a way that you want it to. So if you want it to, like, outline your body shape, then great. If you want it to not, then that's also good. It's just good to know, like, what your body looks like and how to make it look how you want to look. Um, And this is misogynistic, but making yourself, like, smaller with your mannerisms is considered, like, frail and feminine. It's really messed up. But if you want people to see you as more feminine, then it works. It's like the same with the masculine and like trying to manspread and take up more space. It's really misogynistic and it's rooted in just sexism, but it works for people to see you as a certain way. And how to look more androgynous, because not everyone likes to look super masculine or super feminine. Uh, in, in my experiences, wearing a mix of different gendered clothes. So maybe like you wear like a, um, like some very masculine shorts or pants. Or a very masculine shirt. But you wear like a feminine sweater. They like. They totally clash like gender wise. And it can totally confuse people. And also just be awesome. I also noticed that like wacky clothes. Like Hawaiian shirts. And things that have like strange prints on them. Can be really just like. Like they're not really gendered at all. Because they're just wacky. Like I have this shirt with palm trees on it. That is just so strange. And it doesn't look like it could be any specific gender that it makes me like so euphoric when i wear it um this is harder but um often piercings and like non-feminine jewelry and dyed hair can make you look more androgynous and uh like piercings are a lot harder to get um and dyed hair can also be kind of expensive but they're all cheaper than any surgeries and don't feel pressured to have any of these things they are just like things that can help if you have some money to spend Or you're comfortable with those um, But do not feel pressured You can look very androgynous without them But especially those clashing with Like other like Things from the other gender So like, like pink is a color Associated with femininity So maybe if you have pink hair but you look very Masculine that can Like essentially In my opinion dressing and looking Androgynous is just a matter of um having (laughs) this sounds really dumb but having the two binary genders clash on you so much that nobody knows what the heck you are
1: um yeah and also having like maybe longer hair with like masculine makeup or shorter hair with femme makeup can make you feel more androgynous so that you can be perceived in different ways um medium length or like layered hair is Perfect. If you have like feminine or masculine days, I already talked about having like layered hair, you can pull the longer parts into a ponytail, um, or like a man bun or in a hat and the shorter parts will hang out and make you look more mask. Um, and also generally glasses cover facial features. Um, so if you're insecure about your face shape and want to draw more attention to your hair and makeup, glasses are like, I think they're pretty perfect for that. Um,
0: yeah also in terms of being androgynous like there's ways to go about it where you're very subtle but there's also ways to go about it where you're just crazy like if you're confident in your gender be wacky get like the highlighter hair wear those hawaiian shirts you will look so good in them like clash so much you will just be so awesome And if you're not that confident, that's totally cool, too. You will still look amazing. And just a reminder that gender identity is not the same as gender expression. And you can show yourself however you want, despite your gender. A lot of gender expression can also be based off of stereotypes, misogyny, sexism, and all that, just because society's dumb. And, like, a lot of um, the part of gender euphoria in the sense of people seeing you a certain way, you kind of have to abide by um like society's norms if you want people to see you as masculine you're gonna have to well you know you don't necessarily have to but like people are going to more likely see you as masculine if you um like allow them to and you abide by what they see as masculine same with feminine um so but yeah gender identity is not equal gender expression so like if you want to like, look very feminine, you can be any gender you want. Same with masculine, etc. Androgynous, doesn't matter. We're just giving you tips. Um, there are also voice training tips that you can look up on how to get your voice higher or lower. And professional training, uh, there's probably like people who can train you professionally, and it would cost money, um, but there are tricks you can do that you can just find on YouTube. But I would recommend doing research before you do these because I know that there are a few methods that can be harmful and can damage your voice in general. Um, Especially if you're like a singer uh, or you use your voice a lot for your job or your hobbies. Just look out for that. Like, I like to sing a lot, so I'm very careful about voice training because I'm still doing research and I'm still trying to figure out what I can do that won't affect me being able to sing. You know? So do your research on that stuff, um, but it is out there, and look it up, it exists, it's really cool, and most of it's free. Uh, so I think that's all for today. We covered a lot, we, um, a lot of stuff on medical transition, and dysphoria, and euphoria, and all that fun stuff. So I hope everyone's going to have an amazing day. Please share this, and please fill out the form response form, we get a lot of good responses and it makes us very happy and it helps us like improve the podcast and figure out what we need to do better and what we need to stop doing and stuff Uh, we said this once I'm just going to say it again Um, I know that like the audio quality is not the best, but that would require us spending money on getting better equipment and as much as I care about this podcast and as much as it's important to us Um, We are broke And don't have a lot of money to spend on stuff And it's more important to us That we, like, spread it to people And even though it's not, like, the best audio quality You can understand us and hear us And that's important And that matters Um, So um, We know that the audio quality is not, like, crystal clear Um, And that's okay Just... We can't make many changes to that. That's like the one thing we can't really control. We can try and improve anything else. It's not a promise. Um, Also, for the story submissions, uh, thank you to those who have submitted things. We really appreciate it. I would just like to say these have to be, just a reminder, these have to be like real. They have to be about you or about someone else if you got consent from them. Like, if you're just, like, if they're like, oh, yeah, I want to submit this, but I don't know where to, and uh, you can do it for them, that's okay. Um, you have to have consent from somebody if you're submitting somebody else's story. Um, but it has to be real, it has to be about you. Um, like, we don't want fictional stories. It also, if you submit it to us and it doesn't really make sense, um... We don't have a way to contact you unless you leave your name or contact information, which you can do. There's a question that asks you if you want to remain anonymous for a story. Um, And even if you don't submit a story, you can submit your name or contact information there if you really want us to know who you are. Which is cool, because if you have feedback, we might be able to reach out to you about that. um, Which is useful for both of us. Because... I'm not gonna call you out by name or, like, by, like, oh yeah, response number five, you said this, so, yada yada yada. I'm not gonna, like, say that in front of everyone, so, if you, like, saw that maybe your thing didn't get fixed or your story wasn't included, uh, if you want to fill it out again and include some contact information, I will gladly contact you and talk to you about it. Um... And, yeah, just if your story doesn't really make sense to us, I'm not going to include it because it has to be something that we can talk about. Um, So, thank you, everybody. Um, I also appreciate those who did submit stories. Uh, So, this has been a great episode. You guys are all fantastic. We love you. Goodbye. Bye.